0: All right. Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so happy you're back here at the podcast because today I have a very special guest for you. I have Sarah from Snacks with Jax on Instagram. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to her. Probably most of you already know her, but just in case they don't, Sarah, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Let them know who you are, what you do, and why you do it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so hi, you guys. My name is Sarah, and I'm a certified health education specialist. I have a degree in nutrition, and I also was a kid's culinary instructor, and I'm also single mom to Jax. He is about to be five, but we started our Instagram snacks with Jax when he started solids, so about four and a half years ago, and we've shared the whole journey from the first thing he ate to what we eat on a daily basis, and I love, love, love cooking with kids and feeding kids, so that's what Alyssa and I are going to be about
0: today. Over 75% of moms who follow me over on Instagram report that they struggle to offer variety to their picky eaters. Yet we know that offering a variety of foods is not only important for combating picky eating, but also vital for their overall health. Revamp, my rebuild and expand variety meal plan is designed to increase variety and exposures to new foods while decreasing your stress. This meal plan takes family staples and builds on them week by week to drastically increase the variety your little one is exposed to in just one month. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing that you're serving them a variety of food while taking the guesswork out of it. Revamp uses methods I teach inside Table Talk like bridging and food chaining. And no, you don't have to understand these techniques completely because the system does it for you. It's a 70 page system with over a hundred total recipes for breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner, plus my top tricks, favorite gear, and other fun surprises along the way. You can follow the rotation day by day for 30 days, or you can pick and choose your favorites to filter in on your own time. So if you're stuck in a rut with meals and want to try something new while also helping your picky eater eat a bigger variety, this system is for you. You can click the link in the description box below to grab your copy today. All right, now back to the show. Oh, I'm so excited. I remember before I even got into like the Instagram space, I think I followed you or your stuff definitely popped up on my page a lot. And mm-hmm. I just was like so enthralled by everything you shared. I absolutely loved it. And my son was a, is a little bit older than your son. And so it was just so fun to see and so engaging. And then I remember when I hopped into the Instagram space and you and I connected and she was so sweet and supportive you guys. And listen, I'm not going to get into like internet drama, but not everyone is on Instagram. And it was just so refreshing to talk with Sarah and connect with her and see what she was doing out there and helping so many moms. And I just absolutely loved it and follow her content ever since. So thank you for all you do. It's so inspiring, even for someone like me to remind myself that it's not as hard to cook with kids as I always think it's going to be. It's also not always going to look perfect. And there's ways to do it that make it a little bit easier. So I know we're going to can I dive in that, into that today? So first and foremost, were, did you study all this before you
1: had Jackson? Yes. Well, I actually graduated college five weeks before he was born. Um, okay. This
0: is a crazy story, right? You yes. have a highlight, so we can send people there, but you didn't know you were pregnant until what, 20 weeks?
1: Yeah, 20 weeks. I whoop, found whoop. out. Oh my gosh. So I found out I was pregnant and the gender and everything all at one time. It was uh-huh. crazy. So I went to the doctor and I was like, hey, I took a test. Like, I'd really like to figure out how far along I am. I'm like, no problem. We'll do a sonic And when we did, he had eyeballs and he was looking back at me. And I remember screaming because I was <laughs> like, what is it? Like, I thought it was going to be a bean. And it was like a right. full human, a full um, child. Yeah, it was wild. So I had only four months to figure out how I was going to finish college and have a baby. Um, And his dad and I were just dating at the time we had been for several years. And that's a whole other basket of Uh stuff. Um, but yeah, I had to figure it out fast and I was teaching culinary at the time. So we started as soon as he was born, I strapped him to my chest. You can go back to the beginning of our feed and see him. I used to wear him. I wore him until Aww. he was one years old and taught mommy and me classes. And every mommy loved it because they're like, oh, yep. you're a mommy too. It. And I'm like, she yeah, it. and it's tiring and <laughs> it's gross <laughs> yes. and squeaky. Ugh. So but a stage you know, of life. You just get through it. So That's right.
0: Oh, I love that so much. It's such an interesting highlight. So you guys can go back and watch that too, um, of you kind of telling that whole story and just such a beautiful, I don't know, the way that it's all unfolded, at least from the outside, of course. I know it's been tough too, but it's been so beautiful to watch you just... I don't know, embrace your son and his eating journey and see that. And I I just absolutely, of course, love watching it. Um, So what are some of the tips that you would recommend to get started with for moms who are feeling like, no, 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 you don't understand. I put on a show and I cook dinner and we're separate. Like I do not need them in the kitchen in my space because I have been there. It is messier. It is harder. It takes longer. We know that this can be really overwhelming. But for the parent who's willing to maybe give it a try, what are some of your first tips to get started?
1: My first one is always having a safe space for them. So we, before he was big enough and before I could afford it, we didn't have a kitchen helper. So I had Mm -hmm. a specific chair that went in a corner where I knew he was kind of guarded in there. So having them a safe place where they can explore. And then secondly, don't actually expect to eat anything that they're going to cook or that they're actually going to cook. (laughs) nine times out of ten jackson's just standing over there like licking weird stuff or like smashing (laughs) it but i'm like okay at least he's in here we're like doing this and he i have one video where he's literally eating a clove of garlic and like should i put that on his plate that would never have happened you know what i mean because in the kitchen and he's like oh whatever i'm just gonna eat this garlic for sure i'm just gonna watch it happen it's a safe place low expectations. And, um, really one of the other things is just to focus on. They don't have to be there. This is optional. I yes. let him, if he wants to get up, like if he wants to come for five minutes and then take off, I'm going to be cooking for half an hour. Yep. I don't think they don't have that attention span of a half an hour, but just having the option to come in there and explore a little bit and then know they can go back and do what they want can be so helpful for getting them engaged in eating and trying things.
0: That's such good advice. I love the safe safe space advice because I... Too, did not have a kitchen helper when we first started bringing the kids in the kitchen. I just kind of was like, I don't need that. Okay. It, it truly is a life-changing tool, you guys. If you can't afford it, it is really, really helpful. But you're exactly right. A chair does work for sure. I remember putting my son up on the counter next to me, like sitting next to me. and I would. Mm-hmm. But then you can't like run and grab something or go wash your hands. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. didn't feel safe. And so I love that advice of just like finding a way that it works for you and your family, whether that is a kitchen helper or a chair or a stool or some sort of maybe even baby wearing. I remember cooking with my uh, son while I was baby wearing and he would just like reach out and try to grab the spatula or whatever, you know, he was just so little. Um, So even in those ways, such a great, such a great advice and, and really easy to say, hey. It's okay. You don't have to say no. You're cooking dinner with me from start to finish, because yeah. that's overwhelming to you and baby or child or whatever, right? And so, uh, the other question I have is, parents will say, "Oh, I, it's too late." Like my kids are older now. Like it, it's too late. You know, they've moved on. They're not interested. What would you say to those parents who wonder, "Is it too late to get my kid interested in cooking with me?"
1: So if they're gonna eat, eventually they're going to need to know how to cook. That's um, right. You don't want to raise the kid that goes to college and they're like, ah. Uh, how do I feed myself? Fast food all the time it is. Yep. Uh, and that's gonna happen. Like inevitably, almost every child leaves the nest at some point. And you wanna have them best prepared to do that on their own, even if it's one time a week. So if you're making three meals and two to three snacks, you're making like 35 to 47 or 42 meals a week for your child. So one out of that isn't a crazy amount, but it really does build up. That's 52 times your kids in the kitchen a year, you know, and that builds on each other and building those skills is so important because I definitely remember college and seeing people that didn't know how to do the basic things for themselves and cooking. You're going to have to eat every day of your life. So cooking is kind of an essential skill. Not like Bobby Flay, like (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. You need to know like, okay, I can make a sandwich. I can make a grilled cheese, like the basics.
0: That's exactly right.
1: No better time than when they're little. Or. that's
0: right yeah it really just never is too late I think I don't feel like I and it, not by any fault of my mom she's actually a preschool teacher she loved having me in the kitchen and things like that but she wasn't actually super intentional that I can remember about teaching me meals until maybe high school and then I I think I kind of started like well why how do you know how to spice the chicken like that like how do you know that you know and she's like mm-hmm. I don't know I just watched my mom do it and then I started doing it and you kind of just like learn right mm-hmm. and I as also a recovering perfectionist wanted to just like get it right and I once I realized that cooking really is like a lifelong journey, like I'm always just going to continue to get better and better as a cook, the more I practice, the more I do it, it becomes really rewarding of saying, hey, this isn't a destination. I'm not getting to a place of like, I have this many meals that I can cook. It's really knowing that I'm going to get a little bit better every time I do it. And inviting my kids into that has been so helpful. Having them watch me fail has also been really helpful. If anyone out there has perfectionist kiddos too, uh, because it tends to be a, I wouldn't even say genetic, just passed on trait, right? Uh, It's so helpful to have them, you know, make mistakes and you make mistakes and have fun and spill a little bit and, you know, embrace the mess, which I was like, that was my biggest barrier. I was like, I don't want a bigger mess than I'm already going to have. And once I realize that the mess is essential for them getting like interested in things because if they can't make a mess, they're not going to want to be in there. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. even that it's like, attractive to them to make a mess, but they're not going to be perfect. They're two, four, six, you know, they're not going to be able to perfectly measure things out. And so once I embraced that mess, things got a whole heck of a lot easier for me to realize that this was really important. So let's talk about that a little bit. So what have you found, you know, in your day job, but also in your, you know, Instagram job as well? How does having kids in the kitchen help them try new foods?
1: So having them in the kitchen is totally different than having them at the table in front of their plate. Because when they see their plate, they automatically assume, I'm expected to eat this. This is what I've been served. In the kitchen, there's no expectations. In yeah. fact, you're kind of telling them, like, we're making something. Don't eat that. And right. when they're like, I'm not supposed to eat this. <laughs> like, i look over there in Jackson. will be like 10 knuckles deep in cheese. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay, you know, this is yes. fine, but it's almost like when they're not supposed to do something, they're more inclined to do it. So why not almost bait them into that situation where they are like, "Oh, we're not eating this yet." And they're like, "All right, I'll eat this tofu." You're like, okay, "Okay, cool." I, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so tricks it's all on like, you. you know, Yeah, taking that pressure away from not being on the plate and being there just to explore. And when they're cutting things and chopping things, not only are they learning those skills, but they're also still exploring it. You know, Jackson has probably never eaten a cherry tomato, but he's cut a lot of them. So he knows what the inside looks like. He knows the smell and the texture. And we're slowly building towards one day I'm going to give him a salad and he might just eat it. You know, I'll cut it because it's choking hazard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like and it's crazy because I see that now all the time with things that he's helped me cook for a long time and then slowly as it gets on his plate he just learns to accept it because he's seen it not only at meals but cooking, in the garden, all sorts of other places that helps build his confidence towards like, okay, this is a trustworthy thing that I can put in my body. Because putting things in your body is kind of a risky business when you're little, like you have that neophobia at that age to question food. And you're like, so the more times you see it and play with it and explore it, more inclined you are to eventually eat it.
0: Oh, that's exactly right. It's just so, so true. And once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Like Mm -hmm. for my son, and this is part of my story, of why I started delving into picky eating is because my son was getting picky. Of course, he was like two and a half. We were right in that phase. I just was doing all the things that everyone else was doing around me. And I didn't realize that A, I was making it worse for sure. But also this is kind of their job is to explore things and protect their own body. Now they're two and a half, so they don't necessarily know how to do that best. But this is part of it. And so really watching them explore in the kitchen, you're exactly right. There's so much less pressure when you're preparing food than when you're sitting down to a meal to eat it. There's also this idea, I always call it like it's demystifying the food, right? Like when Mm -hmm. we put a taco in front of them, they're like, what the heck is this? What's in there? I don't, I can't even see it. I don't know. I haven't tried it before. There's nothing. They can't even draw on past experiences the way we can. Mm -hmm. Like their brain literally is not developed enough to be able to draw on past experiences and make those connections. And so when you have them in the kitchen, you're saying here's all the different parts that we're going to cook up and we're going to mix together and we're going to season and spice and whatnot. And then we're going to put it in the taco or maybe not. You deserve it deconstructed. But either way, it's like a little demystified to them. They're like, oh, this makes sense. I know what's in there. They feel more in control. They feel more um, empowered and have that autonomy too, to decide how long they're staying in the kitchen to help you, if they're staying in the kitchen to help you, if they're going to eat the food, you know, all of those things. Really, that's part of their job. And it's our job to create that structure, to encourage them to explore and encourage them to really advocate for what and how they're eating. And that's, I think, parents' biggest struggle, right? Is society tells them or something inside of them, maybe because of how they were raised, tells them, I need to control what my kids are eating, how much my kids are eating, if my kids are eating. When in reality, we're kind of just in charge of creating that um like almost scaffolding so that Mm -hmm. they can effectively feed themselves. And I love that you brought up this idea of uh, just a reminder to parents that, hey, one day the goal is for them to leave the nest and be able to feed themselves, if not their own family. Right. And this is such an important life skill. And I don't know about you. Maybe this isn't true for you. But for me, I wish I would have started younger. I wish I would have. You know, I remember when we first got married, I was telling her off air. My husband, and I got married at 21. I had no cooking skills. (laughs) I was a waitress. And so I would bring home food and we'd kind of like live off that. And I could make like scrambled eggs, Mm -hmm. mac and cheese, and grilled cheese. Like that was probably it. And when it came to like meat, I was like, that is terrifying. No, thank you. Especially mm-hmm. anything beyond chicken. And like, I, maybe I could throw together a cro- crock pot meal if I absolutely had <laughs> to, but I'm sure it was not very good. And so, really, this life skill is so important to bring with you into later in life. And I guess too, just for the listeners, maybe ask yourself, is this something I wish I would have started younger with? Because I bet most of us are like, yeah, I could have gone into my adulthood life (laughs) knowing a few more recipes and knowing even just the basics, kind of like what you're saying. Um, So what are some tools? Now, I love that you kind of mentioned like low cost options as well. But what are some of your favorite tools if you were to invest in something or maybe they already have at home that they can use with their kids to let them kind of have a little bit more autonomy? and control over things like cutting, chopping, scooping, scraping, all those sorts of things.
1: So one of my absolute favorite kids' tools in the kitchen is probably something most parents already have, and it's safety scissors. And that's one, one if you use them for other things, please wash your safety scissors. Good um, point. But once they're clean, yeah, you because know, I'm okay, mine have <laughs> been gross. He'll be cutting all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but clean safety scissors it can cut through all sorts of stuff, and that's a skill that kids need to build by like kindergarten. I don't know. It's, I read that in the paperwork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. But it's a really good life skill. You only really need to use scissors at some point, and you can cut through so many soft fruits and vegetables with those. And most people already have it in their house. Now, other uh-huh. things that I love investing in are the crinkle cutters. I think mm-hmm. from really. Six months up, having that in your home because you can give texture to softer foods for babies to hold. But then those are so easy for them to just press down with one hand, with both hands. It doesn't take a whole lot of coordination. Bananas are easy to cut like that, giving them slices of apple. There's a lot of soft fruits and veggies that you can chop up that way. Um, We have loved our Foost safety knives that they make. You can also, they're so great. So they're serrated where they've got enough of like the jagged edges that they can soften. Things and that's a really great skill to practice, um, but it's not going to cut through fingers. I tried very, very hard on my own fingers because I was like, oh, "Yeah, give them this. I'm going to know." Yes, um, it? It's they're so safe and they're so great. So we love using those. Um, And then if you go to pretty much any dollar store and you go over to their like cooking section, there's these like little spatulas, smaller things, because you got to think they don't have a lot of control. Anything that's super long, like adult size, if you give them like an adult spoon, it's going to be a lot harder to control. So looking for things that have shorter handles that are going to give them a little more control. And then also mixing bowls that have the rubber bottoms where they don't slip and slide I promise if you're going to be mixing something with your kid, get one of those. So uh, definitely something to invest in. And then like we talked about having a safe space. So the kitchen helpers by GuideCraft are great, but I know now those are becoming so big that like Walmart has a version mm-hmm. of them. Target has a version. You can almost look anywhere and find one that's under a hundred dollars, which I think is a really great investment because your kid's going to be in the kitchen 52 times a year for a hundred dollars. That's like $2 every time they're in it. So that's right. It, it pays for itself. And we got it when Jackson was two and he's about to be five and we still use it all the time because even though he's tall enough now to see the counter, he's not tall enough to have control where his arms are above the counter. Yep. And that's really important for elbows to be up above wherever their space is.
0: Oh, such good advice! I love how much you know just about the actual act of cooking. Like I know how important it is for picky eaters to get in the kitchen and do all these things, but for me, like elbows above the counter, like yeah, that makes sense because they have more leverage. But I would have never been able to articulate that well. Mm -hmm. Um, I have also seen those kitchen helpers like on Craigslist, Facebook, mom groups, things like that. Of course, you have you always have to make sure they're still safe and you know all the things. But um, those those can be so so effective, and I have seen them there too. So that's so great. I think. Letting them have their own tools is so empowering for them, and that's mm-hmm. what I really see in my kids. Um, and I know I've, I've spoken to several table talkers as well, who, of course, this <laughs> is in my course to recommend uh, that people do this and give them the support they need to do that. And I've talked to so, or talked to so many parents who say they just have so much more pride in the food, right? Like mm-hmm. they're more willing to eat whatever they make with you because they. Put their sweat equity into it. Like they really feel like they're a part of the family and adding value to the family and important. And they're actually learning their roles and they're sharpening their skills, which gives them more self confidence. There's so much more than just like touching the food, right? There's mm-hmm. so much more to it. It's so much deeper. And I wonder if you've experienced that with Jackson, seeing him like try something you think he would never try just because oh my- he put it together.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. And when I taught culinary, I've probably cooked with hundreds of kids at this point. Um, I've I've seen kids bring home some of the ugliest looking food that I've ever (laughs) seen. And they're like, mom, this is so good. You've got to try it. And their parents, when they dropped them off for classes in the morning would be like, Hey, like they're not going to eat anything. Like just prepare yourself. And then they come back and be like, so we ate like edamame and tofu and we dipped it in hoisin sauce. And they were like, okay, what did you do what? to my child? Like, right. where did it go? And I'm like, well, like you said, they put that time and effort and they feel so prideful. And you said it demystifying it. That's such a great way to put that because it takes all the mystery out of like, what is this? And even if there's an ingredient, like putting zucchini and brownies that they might, if I was just to serve him a zucchini brownie, my childhood probably have some choice words to say, um, and I might, it would hurt, but if he helped me make it and he saw it go in there, suddenly that takes away a lot of the scary of it. Because like you said, it takes away the mystery of like, well, what is zucchini? Why would you put it in there? I'm like, well, I saw that go in there, but I saw all the other stuff. So yep. I'm going to try it. And once Like you said, you're just prideful when you make something. I mean, we've seen their artwork. It's not amazing, but we hang it up on the refrigerator because we're proud and they're proud and it works the same with food.
0: It really, really does. And really, I mean, that's effectively what it is, right, is being creative in the kitchen. Like that's Mm -hmm. culinary school. It's an art, right? And I have not always treated it that way, but it really, really is. And teaching our kids that and empowering them through that is really incredible. And I've never... I've truly never seen just like one area of picky eating that if you change this one thing, it changes a lot as much as getting your kids in the kitchen and empowering them to do it themselves and teaching them how to use a knife and how, you know, food, even like if you can, and I am not a gardener, I have a black thumb, brown at best. Okay, <laughs> my husband is actually pretty good at it. But if you can even get them in the garden, I know you you do a garden. I think every year, um, or yeah. at least for the past few years, I saw you like set it up and all the things on Instagram. I think you're doing it again this year, which I'm excited <laughs> about. Um, you know, if you can do anything like that, like I even got my son like a mushroom kit in a box from like uh-huh. World Market for Christmas, and he absolutely loved it. I don't like mushrooms, but he is interested in mushrooms, so he like grew them in this box, like even simple stuff like that, again, taking away some of that like confusion or mystery around it and getting them involved and giving them that pride and that autonomy to do it themselves can feel really uh, just exciting. And listen, I will be honest with you, it is more work. It does take a little bit longer to get things done. There is more messes. And but when you see, when you reap the benefits of it, it really does change things for you in your home. I wonder do you have any tips for someone like me who's like, the mess, the mess is too much for me? Is there any tips that you have for making cooking with kids a little less messy?
1: Well, first, I always remind myself, I'm just trading one mess for another. Like, if he's not in there cooking with me, he's making a mess somewhere else. I'm going to have a mess no matter what. Great point. Yeah. So, great point. I- I've never thought of it that way. You're just trading one mess for another. And I'm already gonna be cleaning the kitchen. And there's so many ways to mitigate what the mess is gonna be. So I'm not gonna hand him a full jug of milk because I know (laughs) that he's not capable of pouring that. If there's milk that needs to be poured, I may say, well, let me measure it. And then you pour it from the smaller container into this one. I don't hand him a whole thing of flour because I know what's going to happen with uh-huh. that. I usually, if he's helping me, I normally only give him veggies or fruits to prep because those are things that like I buy in bulk. And if he mashes the avocado that I didn't want mashed, not a huge deal. You mm. know what I mean? It gives them that time and space to play, but you're going to have them. It's a kid. You're going to have a mess no matter what. So just remind yourself if it wasn't a mess here, it'd be a mess in their bedroom, in the living room, going to be somewhere else. That's You're already going to be in the kitchen. And the closer you can get them to the sink, you're know, just like sweep it all in. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> that's
0: right. Right next to the sink is your special spot. Um, I love that, and I do think you know this is just a good reminder that just like anything else in parenting, there's still boundaries, right? There's still boundaries, mm-hmm. and boundaries are healthy and important even in the kitchen. And so, whatever your parenting style at it is, whether it's you just being like go for it, grab the flour, do whatever, <laughs> or if you're the type of mom that's like I'm going to control the amount of flour you have access to, like for us, I. The cat sat on the I measured the flour out and same thing. I hand it to them to dump Mm -hmm. into the bowl or whatnot. Or my son now has gotten, he's six now. So he's like really starting to get there. So he digs it out and he's able to like, you know, uh, level it off with a knife or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so now he can do that, but it took us so long to get there. But I still, I had these boundaries along the whole way because I know for me, if the mess, there's like a, there's like a weighted scale here for me. It's like, if the mess took way too long for me to clean up, then I just wouldn't do it. It was like, I'm I'm just not going to have him in the, kitchen, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't cook with your kids or you do it very rarely, that's okay too. Listen, I totally get it. I have been there. If there are days that you just need to get like dinner on the table, absolutely. That's fine. Put on a show, let them play outside, set up another area for them to play. And that's totally fine too. But what I do encourage is at some point, try to make some time for them to be invited in the kitchen in some small way. Now, for me, what I realized was it's a lot more stressful to have them in the kitchen for dinner than it was for breakfast or lunch, um, because it it was a little bit more timing for me. There's like you know, dinner time, bath time. Yeah. Yes, it's a hustle. And so it I, just felt really overwhelming. Um, so I would love to hear what are some of your favorite meals? You don't have to give us like the whole recipe, but just kind of the idea uh, behind making with kids, or is it really just like anything goes?
1: Um, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> where I'm like, mm, I'm going to make this by myself. Love uh-huh. you so much. You're so great. But no, um, I really, the simpler it is, the better. And it's kind yeah. of like when you set up like play areas, like an invitation to play, you can almost do the same with food. So you can give them a dollop of peanut butter in the crackers and say like, we're going to make our own peanut butter crackers and spread it today. And that way you're not saying like, here's all those ingredients, make a mess. You yes. kind of, create like this is how we're going to play with it but in an appropriate boundary way because mm-hmm. I can't handle this um so I love having Jackson help me with like the simple simple stuff that you know he'll help me make quesadillas he's not like where he flips them yet if I need to crack eggs lo- loves cracking eggs yeah. um doesn't always go great
0: <laughs> Yeah, lie,
1: but It those skills build. And that's one of the things I've loved about sharing all of that on Instagram is that I can really go back and watch our old videos and I'm like, I remember how much I hated doing that. But now all of a sudden he can do these things by himself. He can open the fridge and go get an ingredient for me if I need it. And I'm just like, okay slowly but surely, they do get better at things, but they only get better with the chance to get better. You know, they're not going to like walk in the kitchen at eight for the first time and be like, souffle it is, mom. (laughs) It's not how it's going to Oh, great point. So like the more simple, the better. I always think getting kids into the kitchen to cook something they already like is much more enticing than saying like, hey, I need you to help me make this veggie pot pie. They might be like, "Mm, no. Yeah, thank you. I need you to come help me make these cookies that you love and start introducing them to cooking with something they already enjoy. And then just the simplest, like, okay, now we're going to do this one and building up from there because if you make them make something they really don't like, they're probably not going to be inclined to do it again.
0: Oh, such great advice. And again, it, it's like a ladder, right? It's like start here. And as they get more confident and they get more, you know, experience and things like that, um, and you get better at it too, right? Like, because there's some <laughs> level of us too, of like, this is a skill. Letting them do things is a skill. Watching them wa- make a mess and not freak out is a skill. By the way, that's also like a huge tip here is not to like be behind them with a paper towel or make them feel bad for spilling or anything. You laugh it off. And that was what I was explaining before. A lot of times I make mistakes on purpose to show my kids like, oh, I spilled too or I accidentally dropped the shell in there too Um, I don't even
1: do it on purpose I messed up all (laughs) the time I burn quesadillas like I don't know why but I always do and I know how to do it but (laughs)
0: I swear, uh-huh. I've been doing that. Maybe you're distracted. I don't know for some reason. It
1: might um, be ADHD. I'm not. I'm 100% ADHD, but you know, you just yeah. It is important to There's let a them lot going on. that you mess up too. Yes, um, that is exactly. so important because and cooking is such a soft way to do that.
0: You know. Yes, absolutely. And and even just you said just a few minutes here and there, meals that they like, even something as simple as um like topping pizzas, like mm-hmm. individual pizzas. Like okay, now you get to sprinkle the cheese and put on your favorite toppings. Something as simple as that, right, Um, can be a great way to start. And I just want to give a little encouragement. So I have a six-year-old now. Um, He's going to be seven in the fall. But... My son the other day told me, now this didn't start out well. So just to be clear, it was like a little back and forth between me and him. He didn't like what I was serving for dinner. And he said, when I'm a daddy, I'm going to make everything I like, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I can't wait for you to be a daddy and do that. And you don't even have to be a daddy. When you're older, you can cook for yourself. This is what mommy's trying to teach you. So it's like this back and forth. And then he goes, well, I'm going to cook for the family tomorrow. And I was like, Okay. Is this a threat? <laughs> like, are you trying to threaten me? Because this sounds amazing. Oh. And the, yes. And the next day he made us scrambled eggs, toast, and strawberries for dinner. And I was like, all, literally almost all by himself. I know. And I was like, this is the thing that we need to keep in mind as moms is it takes a few years, but he's six years old and he made the entire family scrambled eggs, toast, and strawberries. Now were the eggs perfectly like all scrambled together? No. Were they delicious? Yes. Did I have to cook them? No, it was amazing. And it was so empowering for him too. And this thing that started off some tension between him and I all of a sudden blossomed to this really amazing thing. That, and he was so proud. He actually wanted to call his grandparents and tell them that he cooked for himself um, for the entire family. And that was so rewarding. And sometimes it reminds me that sometimes we need to slow down to speed up too. Like mm-hmm. my life will get easier as my kids get older in a lot of ways. I know it gets harder too, but there are things that if I teach them now, if I take them to The time to teach them now, they can give back to the family in real meaningful ways like this one day. And so raising these capable kids who are able to then be a part of the family and add that value in later is so exciting to me to start seeing some of this come to fruition. Like even just now that he's six, he's able to actually like clean up messes effectively. Whereas we've spent years of him basically just like pushing around dirt. And I'm like, great job, okay, like, let's go do something else. And now he actually knows, like, oh, there's a spill. I know how to clean this up. Let me get this. Let me do that. And now he can do it. And it does take time. So sometimes we do need to slow down and teach them so that later they can speed up and we're not frustrated at our 16 year old for not knowing how to do something when really we haven't taught them, you know?
1: Right. I know. Cause they start off, like we we're talking about control earlier. Like when they're babies, we control everything. Like we have to give them the bottle. We have to make sure they're having this much or have to make sure they're having that much. And then when they start eating solids and they start doing something autonomous for the first time, I mean, maybe they're crawling at that age, but they're not walking like everything else you're doing for them. And suddenly we're like watching them make their own decisions within the boundaries of what we serve. And we're like, Oh my gosh. But then they start getting older and better at things. Like I took a nap for the first time during the day when Jackson wasn't napping ever a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, he, like he's it's old magical. enough now that if I need a 30 minute nap, I don't have to like, be like, Oh my gosh, like I can't nap because the world he'll fall apart. Like yep. he was able to just hang out for, Oh, it was crazy. It's just so you get stuck in like thinking this is how it's always going to be when they're little. And it is so beautiful as they get bigger to look back. I've been sharing a lot on Instagram lately of Jackson, like eating as a baby versus eating now or how he used to eat everything. And now he doesn't. And it's so fun, almost fun to get to watch that. It is a little annoying. Yeah. It's fun too. <laughs> right. I love <laughs> he that. He asked so me the much. other day, he was like, mom, as a baby, what did I not like to eat? And I was like, literally, dude, you ate everything like it's it was so fun. I mean, was like, mm, I don't like everything now.
0: <laughs> and you're like, yes, we I know. know. <laughs> we know. Oh, my goodness. OK, I, we kind of have to wrap this up, but I'm kind of bummed. I know you and I could probably talk forever. So maybe we'll have to do this again sometime. But mm-hmm. I would love it. Uh, you have some really cool things that you offer to parents to help them in the kitchen with their little ones. Can you share a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so we have a Make Mills Fun Kit, and it comes with the crinkle cutter that I was talking about earlier, and you can pick a color. There's red, pink, yellow, or green, and then it also comes with the silicone cups that we use. I use those to put dips in, to separate mixed dishes, so that way there's a component that's separated. Those can be used for all sorts of fun stuff. Truly. We've got some food picks in there, which are great, especially for kids that have sensory issues that don't want to actually physically touch their food food picks can be awesome or just making a bite look more enticing by sticking it on a toothpick. I don't know if you've ever been out where they're like, yeah, when they're catering and they've got, like, stuff on the plate with the toothpick, are like, oh, so fancy. It
0: does feel so, fancy.
1: Yeah, make a fancy meal with the food pick. Um, and then also in there, let's see, what are the other things in there? Oh, we've got some of the little food cutters that yes. make the different shapes. Changing up the shape of food can make a huge difference, even though it seems simple. And they're also really easy for kids to use, too, because they've got a, like, liner on the outside so they can push down. That's really fun. And then it also comes with some animal food picks that just make things more interesting and cute. So we have those and they're available on our site and you can also grab them on Instagram. There's a link. You can pick which color your kid likes the best.
0: I love that. I'm going to link it down below along with your Instagram. That is so great. It really does help not just with the picky eating stuff, which of course, you know, that I am very passionate about, but also about how having your kids help in the kitchen, which is such a key factor in picky eating. So you really do cover so much. Those uh, fun with food or making meals fun kits are so great. Sarah was so kind to send me one and it's everything you need in one box. And I'm like, this is so genius because otherwise you're buying like eight different products on Amazon to like make your own. And then you have like 24 of the silicone things and you have a million food pricks and all that. You don't need all that. It's like, it's just the stuff you need. It's super simple. I keep my entire kit together in one drawer for the kids. And then when I'm making meals, I just pull it out. And I think of you every time. I'm always like, "Oh, oh so nice of her to send me this stuff. And you guys, they're absolutely so helpful. So I will make sure to link them down below. Make sure you're following Sarah on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I guess, is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with? Any thought or parenting advice or whether it has to do with picky eaters or kitchens and, and cooking or anything like that or anything else?
1: You know, it's honestly just remembering that like where you are now is not where you're always going to be. I know with picky eating like day after day, meal after meal can feel really, really overwhelming when you're looking at the meals individually. But when you give yourself the opportunity to kind of zoom out and look at it as a whole and look for those ways that they're improving, even if they're not eating it, whether they, it's just tolerating it on their plate and not throwing it off that's an improvement, whether it's, you know, licking it, maybe they don't eat it, but they lick it and put it down. That's a big step for a picky eater. So just remind yourself day after day that this is just one meal in the millions of meals they're going to eat in their life. So don't put too much pressure on right now because right now it's not forever.
0: That is such good advice. I love that so much. Right now is not forever. It's not always going to be this way. I think that is so helpful for pick eating and really everything in parenting. Just like, okay. And it does, it can feel like so isolating and so forever, like you're stuck here. And I love that advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being an incredible human that I met on the internet. You too. I love our
1: friendship. I get so excited when I see your messages. So, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Of
0: course. Of course. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. See you later.